Welcome to the Beauties in Business podcast. This show is geared towards women in the beauty industry who want more, more income, more freedom, more fulfillment. Because school will teach you the basics, but if you want to truly thrive in this industry, you need to be a go-getter and be business savvy. My name is Callie Stewart, and it is my goal and my passion to build you up so that you can have the career you've always dreamed of. If you're ready, let's go. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Beauties in Business podcast. This is your host, Callie Stewart. I am so excited to talk to you guys about this conversation. And I know I say that every episode, but this one, I really, really mean it because this is three unexpected things that I didn't expect when (laughs) coming into the beauty industry. So what no one tells you about entering the beauty industry, these are three things that seriously, no one chit chats about enough. No one sheds enough light on these things. And when I was going through the thick of these topics, I kind of felt alone and honestly, like, Something was wrong with me because no one talks about it enough. So if you've experienced one or three things out of this topic, out of this conversation, no matter how much it resonates with you, I see you, I validate you, I get it. And I hope that this brings some sort of resolution to you because Lord knows I could have used it. So let's just jump right into it. Enough with the intro. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. The number one thing is the energy transfer through clients. With me personally, I do nails. So there is like a direct transfer through our hands, which to me, and maybe it's because I'm in it, I feel like it's a little bit more powerful, but I didn't see this coming with a fucking 10 foot whole. I, I knew that I would sit down and talk to people, but I thought I was just going to be painting nails all day. Um, boy, did this like come at me sideways. When these women sit down, they, they talk to you about such deep conversations that if you don't know how to emotionally handle it and protect yourself, it can feel so draining to the point that it's like not even emotionally draining. It's almost physically draining at that point. And for example, I've had clients, whether it be the first appointment or the third appointment or three years down the road, we've talked about abuse physically, emotionally, sexually, grief. They've lost people. We've talked about divorce, uh, having trouble with kids, traumatizing situations from their childhood. Like these are all specific things that I could think about right now on the spot about deep conversations that I've had with my clients that come unexpectedly. I wasn't expecting that when I walked into the doors that day, but that person needed to tell me that. And when I was a new stylist, I wasn't emotionally prepared. I didn't have the skill set on how to handle these conversations. And if you 
walk away from your salon every day and you feel so emotionally drained and you get to the point where you're just like, I can't handle another doom and gloom story or I might just lock myself in a room for two weeks. If you feel that way, I, I get it and I see you and it's okay. And I am going to give you some things that I believe will truly help you. It's just all about leaving your client, having their energy stay with them and your energy stay with you. And I need you to really just keep that in mind for the next 10 minutes while I talk about this topic. I would almost like dread going into the salon every day. And at one point I even posted on Instagram that I couldn't handle any more negative stories, which honestly, looking back now, I'm so embarrassed by, and that's just me being vulnerable and being open about it. Um, but truthfully, I just didn't have the skill set on how to handle these tough conversations. No one prepared me for this. I had no idea this was going to happen. Um, and I'm a very closed off individual. Um, so to take on these emotionally heavy stories every day was a lot. And um, again, unexpected. So how I handled it at first and the only way to really like looking back, thinking about how I handled it was, yes, it took time. It took realizing that I was taking on my client's emotional baggage and I was taking it home with me and I was taking it personal. So one step one is acceptance, realizing that that is what you're doing. Step two is figuring out how we're going to separate our energy. I, for the longest time, felt like in order to truly care about my client and to sympathize with my client, I needed to carry that emotional baggage around with me. And let me tell you right now, this is not true. If you resonate with that, girl, that is not true. That is actually furthest from the truth. You can still sympathize and be the best beauty artist that you want to be and support your client emotionally, but not take on that emotional trauma and that energy. You, it can still be separate. What theirs is theirs and what yours is yours. So the first thing that I did that, um, really helped me get through the struggle was I would use hand sanitizer. I bought a pump of hand sanitizer and I put it on my station and before every client I would put it on and as I'm rubbing my hands I would say to myself my energy is mine their energy is theirs and I would just set that intention for the day and then in between every single client I would hand sanitize my hands and to the outside world this wasn't that weird right? I'm sanitizing my hands. That's a normal thing to do. But on the inside, I'm having a conversation with myself. So my client gets up to leave and whether it was an emotionally draining conversation or not, between every single client, I would rub hand sanitizer 
hand sanitizer on my hands and essentially wash my hands of their conversation. Whether it was a good conversation or a hard conversation, it doesn't matter. I would do it between every single one of them because at that point I was so emotionally drained that I felt like I couldn't even tell the difference between a good conversation and a bad conversation. And if you know what that feels like, you know, it sounds stupid explaining it right now. Um, but I know there's someone out there that understands that you just are so emotionally capped that you physically can't take on any more of someone else's emotional baggage. So I would hand sanitize in between every single client. And then I would, like I said, walk myself through what's theirs is theirs, what mine is mine. If it was a particularly hard client and I just needed just a few extra seconds, I would even just take myself to the bathroom and literally just wash my hands. And this was just a really good ritual to just take a second and to acknowledge that that was a good conversation, whether it was hard or not. It was a good conversation, but I don't need to take it home with me. I don't need to take it personally. I don't need to let it in, right? And it was almost just the fact of acknowledging and setting that boundary, whether it's a placebo, whether it's energy and you're really removing that energy from your aura, whatever you believe, I'm really not here to change your mind. All I know is that this worked for me. And, um, <clears throat> once I started doing this, I just felt a lot, a lot more peace. And I felt like I had more space to have those deeper conversations with my clients. When I was in the absolute thick of this emotional, I don't know how to explain it, outage. It was an emotional outage. You've heard of a power outage. This is emotional outage. I was capped. I had no more emotions. There was, I possibly couldn't take any more emotion. When I was there, one thing I did was a silent car drive to and from the salon. So it was about a 30 minute car drive. And now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm kind of realizing that I sound like a psychopath just driving in my car silently, but this is an underrated thing. I knew once I got to the salon, I would have all these conversations going on around me and I would have the conversation with my client and there would be music going. And the moment in the car was truly a, a space to myself for me to clear my mind and possibly be the only part of that day that I did have time to clear my mind. It was a form of meditation, if you will. Um, and now I'm not like in depth, like deep breathing and like humming, right? But it's just a form of just absolutely being at peace and clearing your mind. And on my way to the salon, I'd mentally prepare myself for the day. And then leaving, I would visualize leaving all of everything that happened, leaving it there. The moment I crossed the boundary from the door to the parking lot, what happened at the salon stayed at the salon. My boyfriend, my dog, me didn't deserve a drained version of me. We all deserve the best, best version of me. And that meant leaving any and all conversations 
and energy and emotion, whatever you want to call it, that meant leaving it at the salon, not taking it home with me. So having just a moment to yourself really, really just gave me some clarity. It was the hand sanitizer in between clients was a moment, a quick moment. Like I'm talking five second moment of, okay, we're done moving on to the next, brush it off, shake it off and moving on to the next where the car drive truly was a moment to sit there and just be at peace. Let your mind be silent or visualize leaving what needed to be left there, there. Now, there's other things that I've heard about as well, which I'm going to share with you. I haven't done any of these personally, but I do want to share them because I've heard that they've worked for other people. So there's like an emotional shower you can take. And what that is, is when you're in the shower, visualize all the, um, emotion, energy, I'm going to say both of them and you find what works best for you, whatever resonates best with you. I picture it as the same thing, but so when you're showering, imagine this energy or this emotion just running off your body and going down the drain, get literally give yourself that moment to decompress as the water hits you, it runs off your body and goes down the drain and all the energy that you've gone through the day decompresses gets out of your body, gets out of your space and down the drain. Another thing is visualizing a bubble, kind of like a force field, if you will. And any energy that comes at you towards the day bounces off that bubble and it doesn't penetrate you. It doesn't penetrate your space. Um, Some people talk about that as being like your aura, your force field, the bubble, whatever you want to talk about it. It's like your rub, the rubber and glue scenario. What is that saying? Anyways, it doesn't matter. I'm rubber, you're glue. It bounces off to me and sticks back to you. Kind of like that. But whenever someone's telling you a story or whatever, just visualize that bubble force field protecting you. And it just bounces right off and goes back to wherever it needs to go. But it doesn't penetrate you and your energy. I've also heard about this being talked about as like a jumpsuit or a jacket. And when you get to work or in your car or when you're leaving for the day, you put on your jumpsuit or your jacket and it makes it a lot more fun to like custom design your jacket. So if I were to do this right now, of course my jacket would be like pink with some sparkles and smell like Dior perfume because I love it. and that would be my jacket. That's my vibe. That fits me. That feels like a jacket I want to put on, right? So you visualize it however you want, but you put on your jumpsuit or your jacket, you zip it up and it is that force filled as well, but it kind of gives you a little bit more of a visual and creativity with it. I've heard, um, I have a client that's a psychic and she's talked about putting that on. I've heard, um, actually at one point, another nail tech talk about this in a class I took one time talking about putting on the emotional jumpsuit. Um, And when I heard her talk about it, I didn't realize what she was referring to. Um, And now I do. So 
you have your hand sanitizer to wash yourself clean and you make that whatever it needs to be. Take these thing, take these examples and morph them into what is going to work with you. If you don't like hand sanitizer, replace it as lotion, whatever you can think of. If it's a towel, if it's literally washing your hands, whatever it is for you, if it really is just like going into the bathroom, and like shaking it off, let that be what it is for you if that's what you need. So your force filled bubble, your emotional showers, and then of course the jumpsuit and the jacket. These are all just the same example of leaving their energy with them and leaving your energy with you. And it's about you setting the intention, no matter what works for you, setting the intention of, I don't need to let their problems be my problems. I can still sympathize and I can still care deeply, but that doesn't mean that I now have to absorb everything that they're dealing with. So the next one does definitely tie into the first one. So sometimes you're the only person that clients have that, and you'll listen. Sometimes you're the only person in their life that will listen. And this doesn't have to be sad. It just is what it is. Um, people don't take time to slow down. They get up, they go to work, they get their kids ready for work, they go to the gym, they are at work all day. By the time they get off, they pick up their kids from school, they have to take them to soccer practice, they come home, cook dinner, and then by the time the night ends, they're just exhausted. And them and their partner, they don't have an opportunity to sit down and talk about their day with anyone, or it's just, Go, go, go. So not every conversation clearly is as emotionally impacted as those examples I gave earlier. Sometimes it seriously is just a matter of fact that you're the first person that they've talked to all week, all month about their life, about how they're going. To add on top of that, this may be the first time that they've sat down and gave themselves a moment to themselves to reflect how they're doing. And that is what you're providing for them. So if you have been successfully doing your job and you've gained the trust of your client that they tell you about their life and God willing, they trust you so much that they tell you some of their deepest secrets, you're the only person that they have to listen. And this is where they tie in together. So let me start out by saying, our business is not just a money pumping machine. These aren't just transactions. These aren't, it's not just business. These people are people. You are providing this person a hell of a lot more than just your services. 
if they there are a 29,000 service providers that they could choose from right now but they are choosing to come to you and it's probably because they trust you and they like you i would say 0.2% is it because you are close and convenient that's not why they're coming inflation is super freaking high right now it is we all are aware of it they are choosing to still come to you over something else and that's because they have developed that relationship and that is not something to take lightly that's actually something to pat yourself on the back for but in order to get yourself there and in order to be the best service provider that you really can be and be the person they need to be, you need to learn how to emotionally protect yourself. So if you need to rewind and go listen to step one again, go do it because of that, it cannot be overlooked. That is so important. So when it comes to you being the only person that a client has to talk to, you need to be able to learn how to fill your own cup so that you can hold space and energy for your clients to be that best version of you for them. It makes it a hell of a lot more exciting when you are capable of having these deep conversations, these fun conversations, or have the mental capacity to know that Sarah's sister's daughter just joined dance and she had her first recital and it was so fun. Once you have taken care of yourself enough and you have gotten yourself to, you've done the work to get yourself to that emotional standpoint that you can remember pretty much every single person and their conversation, your relationships with them is going to become so much deeper. So don't take this for granted. This is when you learn to love every single client and it is possible. And if you just like shook your head and you're like, no freaking way, Callie, there's no way I could love every single client. There is an episode, once you're done with this, I'm going to need you to binge a few episodes back. There is an episode I talk all about how I love every single client on my client list and how I got there. And it's possible. I promise I've done it. You can do it too. So resuming back to this episode, in order to have the loyal ass clients, you need to be able to have those open conversations with them, which honestly, I didn't plan this, but it's really weird that they all go together so well. This brings me to topic number three. Topic number three is so taboo. I feel like it, like, I'm going to shock people when I say it. If six months ago, me would have heard myself talk about this right now, I would have totally disagreed. Um, and it is, you can become friends with your clients. All right. And I'm talking, develop a genuine friendship. Now, we do work in the service industry and it can be a little bit hard. People can be hard. I've worked in customer service my entire life, frontline customer service. But something about 
offering and providing this self-care for other women is so impactful that there's a reason that there are so many beauty salons. There's reason that there's so many beauty providers. There's a reason that girls get their hair done, their lashes done, facials, massages, you name it. There's a reason that there is an industry for this. And that's because this is when women are at their true self, getting pampered, talking to another girl. If my client sits down and they don't feel like we are having Sunday goddamn brunch every time, and it feels like genuine friends catching up, and a perk is that they leave with their nails done, then I have not been the successful nail tech that I need to be. And I stand by that. I think that, yes, you do work in customer service and you're not going to be best friends with all of your client. You can love all your clients, but that doesn't mean you wanna spend your personal time with them. However, Personally speaking, two of my best friends are clients and I met them from client, being clients. And the moment I realized that you really can open up and honestly, there's no better word to use except for blur the line between service provider and friends my relationship with all of my clients got deeper and more meaningful. And I'm going to assume what you're thinking because this would have been me six months ago. So I'm going to say it, but Callie, if you become friends with your clients, then they're not going to respect you. How are you going to charge them a fee when they're late? I'm going to feel guilty into not having to give them a discount. I just, I have to have that boundary between being friends and being a service provider. I cannot blur it. Girl, I see you. And that's a valid point, but I challenge it by saying, would you become genuine friends with someone that is expecting a discount from you? That's not a friend. They should be supporting you. Matter of fact, when I just upped my prices, my two best friends were the people that I told first because I was so scared to tell my clients that I was upping my prices. I told them first to get it out of the way and to get practice and they both congratulated me, gave me hugs, gave me high fives, said, you deserve this. Finally, yes, I was waiting for you to do this because you needed to. I am congratulations on the raise. I'm so excited for you. I can't wait for this new adventure for you. If there, if it's anything less than that, then it's not a genuine friendship. Anyone that's coming to you and that you see potential being genuine friends with should never expect that discount. I have had to charge one of my friends a no-show fee because she canceled last minute. Was it fun? No, but it wasn't any less hard than it was charging anyone else that fee. That's when you have to just realize, listen, it's not you. However, you were taking up a spot on my list and I have a mile long of people trying to get in. You took up that time. So I need to charge you for that time. And she said, 
girl, I'll, I'll take the fee and I'll give you some more. And that is what you need. I also discovered this um, when, I'm trying to think about the best way to say this, without making myself sound terrible. And maybe there's just no better way of explaining it. So if I come off terrible, oh, so be it. Here we are. This is a very vulnerable podcast for me. Um, I would almost like keep conversations short with my client when texting them outside of the appointment. For example, hey, my nail broke and I'd be like, okay, cool. I could get you in this time, this time. I'll see you then. Or, hey, this is the design I'm doing. What do you think? And I'd say, super cute. Love it. Sounds good. I have that color. I would just kind of keep it robotic, not personal, because I was scared of blurring that line. I was so dead set on it's it's not personal, it's business. So therefore, we can't be friends. Therefore, I can't be a genuine person, which it's hard because this isn't a black and white conversation. This is all gray and that's okay. You know your clients the best and you know which ones you can joke around with a little bit more and which ones you need to be a little bit more conservative with. You know that. And that doesn't mean that you're changing who you are as a person. It just means that you're catering towards that person. It's just about being professional. So now what I've done and what I realized I can do is when a client texts me and they say, oh my God, I broke a nail. I'm like, girl, how, where, why, what were you doing? And then I say, I am so happy to fix that for you. Let's get you in as soon as you can. And I make it more of a conversation and it makes it more personable. And I do this throughout. I started following my clients on Instagram. I started liking their stuff, commenting on that stuff. When they post a picture of their dog on their story, I swipe up and I say, that's the cutest dog I've ever seen, even though I might be lying because my dog's the cutest dog. But I just interact with them more and not in a fake way, in a genuine way. I open myself up to them more. And this is how in, I believe, in the height of the biggest inflation that we've ever had, I was able to do the biggest price increase I've ever done and not lose a single client over it. And I'll add on top of that, not get single pushback from it. Yes, you heard me correctly. No one pushed back. Honestly, 50% of my clients were how my best friends reacted and they congratulated me and they said, perfect. No big deal. I would never stop coming to you because of $10. What? My mind was blown. And I genuinely, there's many, many factors. And I talk, this is what I preach about on the podcast all the time. Um, for example, customer service, client perspective, um, amenities, things that I preach about all the time. But I would say one of the biggest factors was that I opened myself up to being personable outside of the salon. In the salon, 
I've always had the mentality that they sit down and we're besties and we hang out and it's the greatest time of their life. But I started giving the extra mile outside of the salon. And that's when I felt a shift in my clients go from being like, this is my nail girl to this is the nail girl. Standing outside of my house, I mean, they don't really do this, that would be concerning, but standing outside of my house, standing outside of the salon with basically flashing signs saying, this is the nail girl you want to go to, referring their friends, just you, I felt the shift of them becoming more loyal. So open yourself up to being more personable to your clients interact with them on social media, have bigger conversations with them through text message. And if you get the opportunity and you vibe with one or two clients really well, it's okay. I give you the permission to becoming friends with them. I give you permission to do it. So that's how these all kind of like it's interesting how they all, all three of these points really just snowballed together. I dead ass did not plan for that. Um, but I'm like still wrapping my head about how crazy that happens. You need to really work on yourself to be able to let their energy be their energy, your energy be yours and cope with that and realize you're not alone with that. Number one. Number two, separating your energy and protecting yourself so that you can have more deep conversations, which then leads to deeper, more meaningful, possible friendships with clients. Do you see how this all goes together? It's, it's very, very, very interesting. As I mentioned at the top of this episode, this these are three things that meant the world to me. And I knew I needed to bring to you guys because someone needs to talk about it. So I see you, I hear you, I feel for you. And most importantly, I honestly love you. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I cannot wait to talk to you next week. I'll see you there.